Welcome everyone to Balance Your Life Podcast. My name is Megan Farrell and I'm the host of this podcast and the creator of Balance by Megan. On this podcast, we talk about all things yoga, wellness, health, and spirituality with guests from around the world. So grab your crystals, grab your essential oils, and let's dive into it. Welcome everyone to another episode of Balance Your Life Podcast. My name is Megan Farrell. I'm an international yoga and meditation teacher, host of this show, and the creator of Balance by Megan. If you've been joining us for a while, thank you so much for tuning back in and for making this a priority in your week and listening to our amazing guests from all over the world. So I feel like we are in a theme here. We are... I've lost count of the weeks of the days of (laughs) this COVID-19 lockdown, and I hope you are staying well. I hope you are staying safe, and I keep using this, you know, mantra or the saying of, like, I hope you are surviving and thriving, and I truly do mean that, right? Like, this is the time to be taking care of ourselves, our well-being, to be compassionate towards other people, encourage other people to be taking care of themselves. And yeah, I hope you're just doing well. So lucky for you, I have another amazing guest today on the show, another awesome podcast episode. And this is one that you are going to want to share with your friends, with your family. This is a really great episode. Today on the show, I am joined by Dylan Zukowski. Dylan is an online yoga teacher specializing in yoga as fitness. Her interval-infused classes are designed to be quick and efficient, full of laughter and energy, and to achieve the desired benefits of both interval training and yoga. Her own journey has shown her the results that these blending classes can obtain, and she stands behind the belief that these functional exercises mixed with the well-known benefits of yoga are enough to change your body and your life. This is such a great episode. Dylan drops so much inspiration. She really opens up in this podcast about where she was at in her life and how yoga and interval training changed it, both in mind and body. On this episode, we talk about yoga as fitness and using yoga as a weight loss tool. We also discuss body image and not loving the way she looked or felt, making a commitment to lose the weight she had put on while in school, drinking, partying, and traveling. We talk about making a lifestyle change of cooking for herself, walking every day, and working out for 30 minutes a day, tips to start incorporating a daily fitness routine into your life, as well as why the at-home yoga and fitness practice is so important and so much more. You guys are also in for a treat because starting today, Dylan is offering a strong and centered seven-day yoga reset. Every day at 9 a.m. PST, you'll be guided through a 20 to 30 minute vinyasa class, which revolves around a daily affirmation, followed by optional journeying prompts, which will also be provided for you to do at your leisure. I have linked the seven-day reset challenge in the show notes, and you can also find it on her website, which will also be linked in the show notes. So make sure you go check it out. Show Dylan some love by joining her for this. At the very least, slide into her DMs and let you know that you listened to this podcast episode and that you loved it, because I know you will. Before we dive into today's episode, just a few announcements. This episode of the podcast has been brought to you by my April playlist, Cleanse, on YouTube. Join me daily and practice along in the comfort of your home by following along online. Make sure you subscribe to the channel and hit the bell button to be notified when I drop free videos on Wednesdays. Make sure you join the email list to receive your free calendar copy each month to hold you accountable and on your daily practice. I have linked that in the show notes, so make sure that you go to my YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash balanced by Megan. You can join us along for the 30 days of yoga. You can also find so many different playlists on there. I have yoga fitness videos on there, meditation videos, gentle yoga, morning yoga, evening yoga. I have a series that I shot in Hawaii, which just alone is so beautiful to look at. (laughs) So make sure that you go show your support and check that out. 
This episode of the podcast has also been brought to you by my top 10 yoga and wellness resources guide that every modern babe needs in her life to feel good, look good, and to be happy and healthy. This guide is full of wellness essentials, yoga must-haves, products you need, and more. Make sure you grab your free copy by using the link in the show notes. You can also find it on my website, so if you just go to www.balancedbymegan.com, you will find it right there on my website, so make sure you grab your free copy today. Without further ado, please welcome Dylan Zukowski to the Balance Your Life podcast. Welcome to the show, Dylan. I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you so much for having me. So can you let our listeners know where in the world you are currently joining us from, and then just a little bit about who you are and what you do for a living? Yeah, so I am currently in Pasadena, California, which is uh, one of the suburbs of Los Angeles. And I am an online yoga instructor. Uh, all of my classes are on YouTube, so that's the um, platform that I have chosen as my home. And yes, my classes are sort of what I like to promote is yoga as fitness. So I know a lot of people kind of shy away from that and they say that it's not all about the pose and that's completely true. But people come to yoga for different reasons, and mine was fitness. So I would like to invite other people to join our community. Uh, that way. Uh, that's so amazing. There's so many different ways I want to take this. I, I talk about it too all the time on my end. But for me, I came to yoga as a form of a workout, as a fitness. And it transpired into other things, absolutely. But I was like, I'm, not, I'm a person who doesn't really love to go to the gym, and then you see all these pretty people on Instagram doing these beautiful poses. And I'm like, I'm going to give this thing called yoga a, a, a shot. And I also, it, you and I have such similar stories. And I know this because we've talked a ton before hopping on this call. But I started on as my journey on YouTube as well. So I'm excited to talk to you about that. First things first, we're doing this call during this <laughs> COVID-19 outbreak. Yeah. How are you holding up? Uh, we're doing all right down here. Uh, I do live with roommates and we're all trying to do our part to keep each other safe. I'm working from home. One of my roommates isn't working at all. And the other two of my roommates work at a vet hospital. So they're still going in and helping take care of people's animals during this time. Yeah, no. And I think this, this is a really good time for us to do this t call too, because I think right now with a lot of people being in quote unquote lockdown situations, mm -hmm that health is so very important right now. It always is important, but I think this is a really great learning time for people to really, really evaluate where their health is at. And, you know, with time on your hand, what are you going to do? So let's dive right into how did your yoga journey start? And I know you said it came from a fitness background. So how did, why yoga and how did it start for you? So I, uh, the very first experience I had with yoga was actually in a class called Body Works in high school. And the only thing I remember about it was that all of us would go into child's pose and it would be like, ah, child's pose. But it was on like some video in our like rainy day. It was like for rainy day classes or whatever. And then fast forward a few years later and I think I'd gone to one yoga class. I hated it. I was bored out of my mind. I can't sit still. Like, why would you have me stand in a pose for so long? <laughs> like, it was, it was boring. I was bored. So I started pretending like I was going to work out by following, like by Googling or YouTubing yoga booty lattes, which I think is just, it's just a mix of like yoga and like a booty workout and Pilates, right? That was very short lived. And then I moved, so I've moved, I've lived abroad for five years uh, of my 20s. And that first year that I moved abroad, I gained 10 pounds. I'm a very small person. So the, the number doesn't matter. It's not about the number. It's the fact that my mom told my best friend uh, that just be prepared. She's put on a little bit of weight. And then, no. yeah. <laughs> and then luckily, luckily or unluckily for me, I hold all my weight like in my whole body. So I don't just like, I don't just get a belly or like get thicker. Like I just kind of become a bigger person. And then I came back, I finished college and that year I gained another 10 pounds. And so I want to say again, like the number of pounds didn't matter. It was the way that my body held it, right? I was not healthy. I was drinking all the time. I was 
eating carne asada fries on the way home from, I worked at a bar and the carne asada fry lady like knew me. I'd walk in and she'd be like, oh, carne asada fries. And I'm like, no, no, no. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to get a burrito today. <laughs> I was just, it was, it was not, I had no idea what, I didn't know how to get idea how to cook. I didn't work out. I slept until two o'clock in the afternoon to go drink all night while I was working, while I was working and then drink after and then I moved back to France and I was living in this teeny tiny little town that had a nightlife, but only on Thursdays because all of the like people my age went home on the weekends to their parents because it was like a college town kind of. Oh, cool. Okay. But not like our college town where people stayed and like partied and had fun. It was like, oh, we're going to go home and like do our laundry and hang out with our high school friends. So I had no friends on the weekends. I wasn't traveling. A lot of my other people were traveling, but I, I didn't. I was teaching English there and... I remember I went into a store and we were bra shopping a friend of mine and I, and she's this like tall, skinny, blonde girl. And I'm short and I was rounder at the time. And I, <laughs> I remember putting on a bra that was not made for somebody like me. I, I'm also, I'm well endowed, or was. <laughs> and, uh, and I put this bra on and it had like thin little straps and I looked at myself in the mirror and my back fat ate the bra straps and I could see my like belly overhanging my low cut jeans because that's what we all wore back then. And I'm like, okay, Dylan, like now's the time. We got to make a change. I don't like the way I look. I got to work on this. Went home and Googled, I don't know, app workout or something, YouTube, and came up to uh, 15 minute plank abs on YouTube by Ali Kamenova Interval Yoga. 15 minute class. I followed her page and I'm going to promote her right now because she changed my life and she probably doesn't even realize but she I started following her yoga classes just 30 minutes I wasn't beginner beginner I still had some strength like I had been a soccer player for a long time I'd ridden horses like I had some sort of but I'm also short so like doing things is is, is easier I think sometimes <laughs> how but, short are you by the way because I'm really short too so I'm I'm five one in the in a bit Oh my God. I'm five, two. I, I'm like five, two and a half. And my doctor's like, Megan, there's no half. You're just five, two. And I'm like, five, I'm five, two one and, and three quarters of an inch. <laughs> Thank you. I know my doctor's like, no, no, you're five, two. I'm like, oh, it's so, it's very exciting for me when I find people who are like shorter than me. Cause I'm the shortest out of my whole family. I think my grandmother is taller than me. So I'm just, I was <laughs> <laughs> curious about that for my personal yeah. personal knowledge. Yeah. I'm really short and I have really short limbs. And I just compared myself with my roommate uh, the other day because she was asking about why my, my, my car, my seat in my car is so far forward. And cause people can't get in and out of my car. And we're like, but our legs are the same length. And I was like, yeah, but I have short arms. If I go any farther back, I can't reach. And she's like, no, you don't. And my arms are like literally two inches shorter than hers. And we're the same height. <laughs> so isn't it so funny? I feel like too yoga has given me perspective in like bo body wise, like mentions the body. And it's funny because in staff pose, my arms don't quite reach oh, no. down to the floor. I'm like on my <laughs> fingertips and I'm like, I never really realized how short my arms were until this moment. <laughs> I've done that. I, I would deep because I only did her classes, right? Allie. And she's, she's got long limbs and she'll do things. I'm like, how come I can't do this? And it was only in my teacher training that I started learning about like anatomy and how sometimes we're just not going to be able to do the thing. And, and then I sat down and I put my leg, you know, I sat up tall and I put my hands down like flat. I know you, people can't see me, but you know what I mean? Like at a 90 degree angle. And I was like, oh no, I'm like an inch from the ground. <laughs> like no wonder I can't do this. I know. It's so funny. It's so funny doing these poses and you're like, oh, this is not for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So good. And I'm curious too, because you had mentioned, which I think is completely fair, when you put on this weight, a lot of people notice it in the physical body. They're like, wow, like I, I can visually see I've put on weight here. And I'm curious now that that's not where you're at, you're in a better place physically wise, but did you, can you look back now and think of any sort of emotional or mental component that came with that weight gain? You know, where it, you said you were sleeping a lot. Do you think that was because you had like a lack of energy? Like, do you think there was any sort of mental or emotional component with that weight gain? So the very interesting thing about that is at that time in my life, I was 
I had zero body awareness, like none, except, except in a sexual nature. Okay. That was like fair. the only way that I looked at my body. And I, I remember thinking, cause I didn't notice it on myself. I didn't, I didn't look at myself ever back home when I was living in California before I moved to France because, because all I was doing was, was drinking and partying and sleeping and getting up and doing it all over again. Basically I worked at a bar and I lived in a college house. So I would come home from the bar and my house would be having a party. <laughs> and then I would go back and I'd work at the bar and I had somebody bringing in alcohol. Like I was just, I was basically just drunk and eating all the time. Um, not to say that I was like sick or anything, but just that was what I thought people did. And that was why I had fun. And I just didn't notice the toll it was taking on my body because I had no comprehension of what my body felt like or should look like. And um, when I started working out, what actually made the shift for me was, so I was living in France for eight months and basically every August I get my physical. Okay. And right before I had moved to France, I had gone in a couple times because I had strep throat. And obviously they take your weight every time you go in, um, which I had never paid any attention to really. And I came back and she's like, Oh, you've lost a little bit of weight. And I was like, really, really? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, uh, you were one, what was it? You are 125 right now. When you left, you were 140 in six months. Wow. wow. Because I'd only started working out in January, right? Like January 1st, I started working out. And then I think in August I went to the doctors and I didn't try. It was literally, I wasn't drinking as much because I had nobody to drink with. And I don't drink by myself, really, um, even now, ever. I'm just like, eh, I'll have like maybe a half a glass and I'm like, I can't done with this and that. <laughs> I started cooking for myself because I had, I worked 12 hours a week. I was bored out of my mind. Yeah. So I started learning how to cook. I was watching a lot of Korean drama. So I would go find a Korean restaurant when I, or Korean uh, supermarket when I went to Paris or big cities. And I just started not healthy stuff. I wasn't vegetarian at the time. I was making all sorts of creamy dishes, but I was cooking for myself. I was sleeping a ton and I had to walk more and I worked out 30 minutes a day, 30 to 40 max. Amazing. And then I got stuck in that, which I, I have only recently started to become more compassionate with myself. Like I miss a day, but I got very like, this changed my life. Yeah. I need to keep doing this. And I came back. So it was sort of like haphazardly when I was living in France. And then I came back for a few weeks and then I moved to Korea, but now I'd seen results. So um, then I became very, very serious about it because I was like, I have to continue this trend, you know? Sorry, but I'm going off tangent. So when I, 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 I didn't have, or I wasn't aware that I had any sort of mental hangups about when I was heavier because I, didn't, I wasn't aware of myself. And I think that when I started transitioning to be healthier, my first thought was, well, if I'm healthy and I'm eating healthy and I'm eating plant-based and I'm working out consistently, my body's just naturally going to fall into how it is comfortably, like what it should look like comfortably. I don't care about having a six pack. I don't care about these other things. I just want to be healthy. And that held me off for probably about four or five years. And yeah, but the very interesting thing, so I want to like mention it because I don't think I can't be the only person who's ever gone through this. When I was heavier, I didn't notice I was heavy. And then as I started transitioning to being healthier and losing weight, that's when I started getting really hard on myself because I wasn't like yet where I wanted to be, but I was now aware of the way I looked. Does that make I, sense? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I think we can, and I want to adjust too, when you said you went on a tangent, I don't think you went on a tangent because I feel like this is something a lot of people struggle with and here's my little tangent. A lot of people will say to me, like, you shouldn't go to yoga for the purpose of weight loss. And I always say, why not? Like if, if weight loss is what gets you in the door of doing yoga, that's amazing. Like good for you. It's up to a good teacher to make it more about just weight loss. But I think it's so funny. Every time we talk, I'm like, wow, there's so many similarities to you. I also found myself stuck in this rut when I started doing yoga. Like if I missed a day, it was like, holy hell. Like I was just like, I can't believe I would miss a day. Like I'm doing, I'm doing my body disservice. Like, and I found that through more training with yoga and kind of diving into more of just not movement or asana part of yoga, 
that I've started to become a lot less kinder mm-hmm. to myself. But see, so yeah, I went off on a tangent there mm-hmm. too. I'm trying to like reel myself back in. <laughs> I, I wanted like, what was that turning point for you where you, it became more than just physical based and you started to be kinder to yourself. Like you said, when you missed a day, you weren't so hard on yourself. Like what was that transition like for you? And when did it become more than fitness? So that took a really long time because I don't actually have a because, but I, I moved to, I moved to Korea and continued my practice. And, and this is why I'm like excuses. Like I see peep through people's excuses so quickly because I've already bowled through them all. Um, but I lived in a studio that was probably, I mean, like I had a space next to my bed that was mat sized and that's what I worked out in for two years. And I had a dog and a cat in the studio with me. So like, no, if you don't have space, like you have no excuses. Um, (laughs) if you can roll your mat out, you can do it. But anyway, I lived in Korea for two years and I, it became ritual for me, but it also became, uh, because I had started to see that, that change. I had started to see the weight loss. I became very focused on that. And the yoga that I do, uh, and the yoga that I create and offer online is like I said, yoga as fitness. So it's not um, like your standard sun salutation B or whatever. Like it's, it's in, I call it interval infused yoga because my teacher calls it interval yoga and uh, she's asked me not to call it that. Okay. And I want to respect her. I don't ever want her to think that I'm disrespecting her because she has completely changed my life. So I, it's the same style, but because I've not done a training with her, I can't call it, call it that. So I call it interval infused yoga. For those of us who are bored in regular yoga classes. But so I did that and I, my hardship when I skipped a day was I had convinced myself that I wouldn't be like allowed to eat as much as I wanted to. Okay. So it was very linked to like how many, how many calories could I burn that would allow me to eat like a normal human instead of like a bird. And I sort of got wrapped up in that for a while. I had really bad stomach issues when I was in Korea which is what uh, transfer tra- uh, made me go into plant-based eating, okay. which it's still not fixed, but it's better than it was. But that was what got me to go vegetarian for what I said was three weeks. And then now it's, uh, I think, five years. <laughs> and it was a very, very slow transition away from fitness because I still only followed the same team. And she is not only fitness. She's very, she's into herbalism. She's a vegan. She is very spiritual, but she doesn't make her classes about that. She'll like throw it in sometimes. And eventually I started trying to like follow the community, I think. And that it started like people started talking about things. So I was like, oh, this is interesting. I should look into it. But what really changed was um, I moved back here because even when I, so I moved back to France after that and I did my first teacher training online with Brett Larkin. And shout out to Brett Larkin. Yeah, shout out to Brett Larkin. <laughs> <laughs> I love her. Um, she's actually, Ali Kamanova brought me into yoga and really set me down this path. Brett Larkin was the one that believed in me and saw through all my like excuses. And like, I- I've cried in front of her. I'm like, you are the reason that I'm on this path right now. And I love you for it. So thank you, Brett Larkin, for um, believing in me. But, um, uh, I did my first teacher training with her, but I was, I admit, a little bit distracted. I was living in France. I think I was ending my time in France. So I was trying to figure out if I should move to Spain, if I should move back here, what I should do. I, I, I did it. I completed it, but I didn't pay as much attention as I wish that I had. Moved back here in uh, spring 2017. Was very hard on myself for the first year. Lots of stomach issues lots of stress, didn't want to be here, didn't want to know what I wanted to do with my life, knew it wasn't anything that was going to be here, thought I wanted to be a teacher just so I could get back abroad again. Started going to school for that, decided I hated it, (laughs) dropped out of school for that. I would say, honestly, it's only been this last year. So I've been doing yoga since 2014. I would say that it's my, this last year I have actually started to I did my second teacher training with Brett Larkin and I started like I had a nutritionist tell me cause I was like, she's like, you sound like you don't trust your body. And I'm like, I don't. 
because if I eat any more than, you know, this tiny amount of calories, I'm going to put on weight. And she's like, how long have you been on the, at the same weight? I was like, like four years, <laughs> you know? And she's like, are you kidding? Like, no, people cannot maintain like that. You know, like your body is doing something right if you're able to maintain. And so I started testing the waters a little bit. I started eating a little bit more. I go to the gym, kind, well, not right now, but I started like playing around with weights and going to the gym. And now I'm, now it changed from let's be healthy because I'm healthy. I mean, I feel healthy. I feel good. I have days when I don't, obviously I eat, you know, Oreos sometimes, um, but I feel for the most part healthy. And I'm a little bit less like if I step on the scale and I look at it and I put on weight, I'm like, okay, it's just one day. Like, you know, I can, I can get it off. I've gotten it off before. It's not, it's, I have things I have to do. And sometimes it requires not getting on my mat or sometimes it requires just doing 15 minutes and that's not gonna, but I'm there. I made it, you know? And sometimes it's picking between walking my dog and getting on the mat and I've had to learn that like, because I've stepped away from the physical to a degree, if I miss it, it's not the end of the world like I thought it was. And I can still eat dinner. You know what I mean? <laughs> Which, yeah. It sounds so ridiculous, but that's really how I thought. I was like, if I eat more than this tiny amount, I'm going to put on weight. So if I want to have, and dinner is my big thing. Like I can, I can portion all day, but I want to eat like this massively huge dinner and I have to have seconds. I don't know what it is. I have to have seconds. And I've tried doing a teeny tiny first bowl and then coming back for like a second bowl that like makes it a normal size of food. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't work. I eat the first bowl before I get out of the kitchen. <laughs> you know, like that's well, and I think that's, this is such a really great topic of conversation because I think there's, there's so many people that struggle with what you struggled with or even, you know, to this day, probably you have your ups and downs. It's, I totally got rid of a scale in the house because I was like, I didn't want that to be how I measured how I felt good. Right. And I think there's a lot of people that can relate to that. Like my personal training client, I'm like, don't look at the scale. She's trying to lose 50 pounds. I'm like, don't look at the scale. Like it matters how you physically feel in your body. And there's going to be good days and bad days, right? Like we all know during holiday season, we tend to eat a little bit more because that there's just more food, there's more gatherings. And I think what, and I don't know if you feel this way, what yoga has taught me is that that's okay. And mm -hmm. it's okay to not get on your mat every single day. And I usually like, I won't lie, I do, but it's because it makes me feel yeah. really good. But like you've said, if it's a 10 minute stretch, then I'm like, okay, that's fine. But for me, like that is my self-care of, or my form of self-care. And I don't know what sort of philosophy Brett teaches, but for me, like I very much followed the eight limbs of yoga and I've, in my personal like opinion, asana, the limb of asana or like yoga poses, yoga movement, whatever you want to call it. I'm like, just find movement that feels good to you. Some days it's, yeah, walking your dog. I didn't do a great yoga flow the other day, but I spent like 45 minutes walking my par my parents' dog. So I think I think it's really, I, I think your journey has been something that a lot of people will struggle with. And I love how authentic you've been and how truthful you've been with saying like, yeah, it did very much like it came from weight loss. And, you know, I did struggle with that. And it took a long time to realize that how you physically look in your body every single day, like it, it's going to change. And it's, that's not the end all be all. So mm -hmm. I'm curious, what other, you said you're vegetarian, vegan, vegetarian I'm vegan right now. Is there any other sort of health or wellness practices that you have in your daily routine or maybe even a weekly routine that kind of keep you on track of this, this weight loss or yoga journey? Weekly routine. Well, so I, I work in an office. I'm incredibly grateful for them right now uh, to, to work in the community that I do work in. But if I'm being completely honest, uh, I detest the fact that I work in an office because we sit, we just sit on the phone in front of a computer. So I, I have a couple different shifts, but I either get a 15 minute break or I get a 30 minute break. Okay. And, um, I take a walk every yes. day, the same route, which apparently is great for stalkers. I've been told, but I, I, uh, I'm like, I have to get outside. I'll eat while I'm on the phone. I don't care. 
but I need, I only get this break and I'm getting up and I'm walking because I cannot be stuck in this room. So I take a walk on my breaks. Uh, I, I try to walk my dog every day. Um, we have a backyard, so it's not as though I like, she can't be outside. But it's definitely having a backyard has messed me up with her walks because when I didn't, I had to walk her like three or four times a day. So, but yeah, so I try to walk her every day and I try to walk at work every day. And then I do my, my interval yoga, um, which like I said, I still follow Allie when I'm, when I'm not filming, I'm doing her classes for the most part. What else would I say I do? I'm trying to create a meditation practice. It's still not super strong, especially since my, my routine has been messed up the last few weeks and not just because of coronavirus. But I started working two days a week at 6 a.m. I have to be at work at 6. And so what I would do, my, I would normally, I do yoga first thing when I get up. But also I'll do my yoga and then I'll stay on my mat and I'll do like a 10-minute meditation but when I have to be at work at six, I get up at five and I like shower and I put clothing on and I'm out the door. So I miss that. And then when I come home, like I might do a quick workout. My roommates are home and like, it's just becomes, it's, a, it's harder than that initial, like if I first get up and do it. So my meditation practice has sort of flagged lately. That's it right now. Yeah. I'm I think that's read. important to note too. Like there are so many people who are like, I do not have the ideal conditions to do a yoga practice and I'm the same I'm like I call BS on that because like if you have any sort of space you can do yoga or like if you live in a closet with a bed that takes up the whole closet space get out and go for a walk yeah and for you living in California I can appreciate you have better seasons <laughs> than we do in Canada but even still I'm like unless it's like so freaking cold that like you go outside and it like catches your breath like bundle up go for a little walk like it's there's so many I it's just an excuse right like I'm like there's so many different excuses out there and you really just have to decide that your health is is important like your health is your wealth and I really do believe that I actually created a um it's not up right now because what I have right now on my website is um some resources for uh for the quarantine situation. But what I had before that was because I'm, I'm tired of hearing people making excuses. So I made like a quick list of things that I, I realize I'm a very strong and Aries. I'm like very kind of bullheaded. And I think that's, that makes it difficult for me because I'll literally chase my roommate down into the yoga room and be like, do yoga. I'm, you're not going to, you're not allowed to eat dinner till you do yoga. <laughs> like, because they'll make all sorts of excuses. Right. And I'm extreme like that. But for me, that makes it easier. So I created this list of like things that helped me be like, oh, well, you know, you, you have to do yoga first or you have to hit your mat first. You have to do something before you do the other thing or you like you make it part of the routine. Like I said, I get up and I go straight to my mat. Like that's, that's what I do every morning. That's what I did this morning. I get up and I go straight to my mat and then I start my day. Like, so creating that kind of routine creates the discipline that annihilates your excuses when you feel like making them, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Let's transition a little bit onto your YouTube channel. And I want to know, like, why did you decide that that was going to be how you wanted to kind of make your stance in the world? Like right now, I think everybody could use yoga. And like, I think this is YouTube right now is such a great resource because there's no cost for it. So you, like, again, it, finances are an excuse. We've wiped that out the door with YouTube. So like, why did you decide that this was going to be your, your stance in the world? And why did you decide that you wanted to share your, share yoga and this interval of infusion training with others? Because it changed my life. And because yoga on YouTube is all I've ever done. I have now, because I've, I've, completed my 500 hour training. I'm trying to get into studios, not because I want to stay in studios because I don't, I don't, I don't want to teach in studios. I don't want in-person training to be my, my main goal. Mm -hmm. it, it isn't. I found yoga on YouTube. I have completely changed my life because of it. I mean, like I said, I was, I was a bartender. I didn't have any sort of goals besides, you know, <laughs> I want to travel. Okay. Like, <laughs> great. And how are you going to do that? Uh, well, I taught English once. I can keep doing that. Like that was my mindset. I was like, Oh, I taught English in France. That means I can probably teach English elsewhere. 
great. Where can I go that pays the most? <laughs> you know, like I just, it, it was not a, a real, I wasn't passionate about it. I was passionate about the life that it gave me. Mm -hmm. And I came back to California uh, with the intention of going back to school to become uh, a teacher so that I could go work at international schools. So like actually getting my credentials so that I could work at international schools, which would open up more opportunity, like for example, to work in France because I finished my contract in France. I can't go back as an, as an assistant. Okay. Um, it's only a two year thing. And, and it doesn't pay. <laughs> like it doesn't pay anything. Um, you can go work in like Korea or Japan or China, but I don't do weather very well. And I've thought about going back to Korea now that I know like what it, what it entails. And I just haven't made that commitment yet, but I want, I want people to know that like, so I lived abroad for, for five years, four years consecutively, one year kind of off on its own. And I found yoga in my bedroom. Like, and I didn't go to the, I think I went to one yoga class in Korea and had, it was not the same. I mean, it's not, it's a different culture. I never went to a yoga class in France and I, I don't know. I'm somebody, okay. I'm somebody that if I have to put clothes on, get in my car and drive somewhere, the likelihood of me going to that place is very small. Like I, when I do go to the gym now, I don't go to the gym by itself. I go to the gym either before or after work because it's around the corner from my work and I already have to go somewhere. And I'm just, I'm lazy like that. So if I, if I have to go to that six o'clock yoga class and I have to like go and drive there and find parking and then walk myself over there, you know, I mean like more than likely I might not do it. If it's raining, I'm going to be like, ah, oh, you know what? Like mask around myself on the couch. Like, but if I just have to walk down the hall and put on a YouTube video, the, the choice is easy. Like you don't have to do anything. You can do it in your underwear if you live by yourself. And I did that for many years. And it's, Again, it's about the excuses. Like, I'm going to make all sorts of excuses because I don't want to leave my house to do anything other than what I have to do, you know? And so I want other people to have that opportunity as well. And it's great for people who are maybe flight attendants or pilots or people who are traveling all the time for work, going to conferences. Like, maybe you don't want to go in, down into the, the hotel gym or maybe it's a crappy hotel gym or maybe you just aren't a gym person and you don't want anything to do with weights. That was me for a really long time. Um, and I still believe fully that you don't need weights in order to get healthy. Yes, maybe to gain certain percentages of muscle mass. Okay, fair. But if you want to be healthy and you want your body to function well and move well and be strong and be flexible and be fluid, my style of yoga and many styles of yoga are amazing for that. And you don't have to leave your house or your hotel room where maybe it's cold outside. And I don't want to, if I were you, I would not have walked that dog for 45 minutes because I can see how white it is outside. <laughs> like, I would have been like, okay, go pee. Let's go. Outside. <laughs> he, uh, he doesn't walk very well. He like, he wants to be outside, but he like, you have to pick him. It's a whole thing. You have to pick him up <laughs> and physically like walk yourself. And he, for him, he's like, I'm on my walk. And you're like, I don't understand why you wanted to come outside. And he won't like, he just sits and stares at you at the door and you're like, it's freaking cold out. And it's like, like he has to experience it. And then you take him outside and it's like, like it's a whole thing. <laughs> I feel like I could do a podcast episode on this, this dog. That's not a dog. I'm, I'm so with you though. Like for me, and if you are a person who like, I know a lot of people who are like, I have to physically leave my home environment because mm -hmm. I won't do it otherwise. And I'm the opposite. I'm like, it's right there. Like I can literally not have to go out, especially if it's the winter time. I'm a little bit more likely in the summertime to go out and do things because it's, you know, it doesn't take me 20 minutes to get ready to like get into the car to drive somewhere, <laughs> but it's, it's convenient for me. Mm -hmm. And same with you. I'm like, you just like, my mat is already rolled out. Mm -hmm. I can literally do my workout, do my yoga flow and then like hop in the shot. Like it's, instead of it being like, an hour and a half or a two hour thing. If I were to leave and go to a studio, it can be an hour thing. Mm -hmm. Also, so. the thing is too, is I, I found it interesting now that I have been, I've been exploring the studios a little bit more right before this happened. And because I'm trying to get my name out in my area, right? I, I am struggling with marketing. So I'm trying to do anything I can to be like, by the way, I also have a YouTube, <laughs> but so I've been going to studios and like, I cannot fathom doing a 75 minute class. 
I'm not even, I'm not kidding. Like I'm like my endurance for like, and then in a studio as well, like the, the teacher, a good teacher has to look at their students and some students, you know, need a little bit of adjustment or it takes a little bit longer to get through the flow, which, which is great. Like obviously a teacher should do that in class, but that just means that I'm holding this pose for so much longer than I want to be holding this pose. And, and you know, there's pros and cons of that. I mean, I understand, like, I, I do fully support that when we want to get out of the pose is really when the pose is starting and like, that's, we need to lean into discomfort. Like, yes. Okay. But I'm somebody like I'm fast paced and I will do a yin class and that's supposed to be a yin class. You know, I'm, I'm prepared for this, but when I go into a vinyasa class and and we're just moving slow. <laughs> I'm just like to be like, I want to be moving right now. That's what I'm here for. The 75 minute class is so long. I have in my entirety of my yoga um, online, not just teaching, but, but following like, I'm, I'm more than likely I'm not going to pick that hour class. Like once a month, I'll pick that hour class. Most of my classes that I follow are between 36 and 44 minutes. <laughs> so I'm like, I, I don't know, like, I, and then I have to drive, and then I have to do 75 minutes, and then I have to drive back, like, it's just like a two-hour ordeal when I could have been in and out and ready and in, like, 35 minutes or whatever, you know? Okay, perfect, yeah. I'm, I'm curious, is there any th sort of other tips or tricks that you would give to someone who, even if it's from a weight loss perspective, did you have any sort of mindset shifts or anything else that was, like, non-negotiable? for you, this is what helped on your weight loss journey? So like I said earlier, my weight loss like started very quickly and I didn't even notice it to be honest until I was told. And then I, like I said, I had no body awareness, like none. I was like, Oh, what? I, Oh, okay. Lost some weight. But something, I guess, I mean, hitting my mat and sweating every day was non-negotiable. And then I got a dog. So like things that have really helped me is, well, I guess I'll just, I mean, my, my five tips aren't up anymore. So let me see if I can remember them. Make it like a routine. So like that was something that was really important to me. So before I never did it in the morning, like never, never, because I couldn't imagine waking up earlier than I had to, to go to work. Um, I'm somebody who lays in bed until I literally have to shower and leave. Like I, the longest possible. And that's something that shift for me because now I'm like, I like daylight. I, I want to try to figure out how to get up earlier so I can enjoy more sunlight time. When I say I'm completely different than the person I was five years ago, like you can't even imagine. I tell my roommates like, yeah, no, I was a party year and I never like came out during the day and I woke up at two and this, that, and the other. And they all just like, what? who is this person? Yeah. You're lying. <laughs> um, but no, so I would walk in from work. So I was teaching at a school uh, in Korea. So we worked 8.30 to 4.30, I think. And I would walk in from work at five put my workout clothes on and I had to work out before I could make dinner. Yes. Like, no excuses. Because if I, if I held off working out, that meant I couldn't eat dinner until later and I needed to like, you know, watch my criminal minds and go to bed or whatever. So I would pick out the class beforehand. So actually, even now, if you look at my planner, I have the whole week's worth of classes picked and that's fluid. I can change it. If my teachers put out a new class, that looks really interesting or my day changes and I just don't have that a time that I thought I would but I'll write it out all week. So it's on my to-do list. And I don't have to think about what class I have to pick, uh, which has always been really important to me because you'll sit there for like 30 minutes and be like, what leg workout do I want to do today? And I hate that. So I, I plan it all out in advance and okay. So walk in workout clothes. You're already in your workout clothes. Now you have no excuse. Can't eat dinner until you're done working out, which again, sounds extreme, but it works because you're going to walk in there and you're going to sit down and be like, oh, I'm tired. I don't want to, oh, now I'm hungry. Oh, now I've eaten. I'm too heavy. I can't work out. Like it's excuse after excuse after excuse. So just do it, go and work out. Um, now that routine has changed into the morning because I work uh, most days, like I start at noon and I found that I'm more tired when I get home and I, people are here and they're doing stuff and cooking and it's more awkward. And then what are some other things? Oh, make it, make it again with a make it routine. So like look at it in the same way that you would look at brushing your teeth. Mm -hmm. Like you're not going to, you're not going to leave your house without putting deodorant on and brushing your teeth. So make sure that you are the same with your yoga practice, like, or your meditation practice or your movement practice. Or if you wanted to dance like a crazy person in front of your mirror for 10 minutes before you left, like make sure that you hit that 
after you brush your teeth, before you leave the house. You know what I mean? Like, so that it becomes this, this habit where you feel weird not having done it. And that's when the shift is going to change because you're, when you're doing it like every couple days and it's something that you do because somebody's like your roommate is chasing you down the hall to do it. You, you're not committed. You don't really care. You're not seeing results yet. And it takes time for that, those results to happen. It takes time for you to notice like, oh, I can hold this high lunge longer mm-hmm. than I could before. And like, that's something that actually, so sorry, a little tangent. I, I, that's one struggle I've had with being an online yoga instructor um, and having my entire practice, like personal practice being online is I become incredibly familiar with my own body. And now, especially like we were talking earlier about um, anatomical differences that make things more or less difficult. For example, for me, if I'm in a, like a bound side angle, there's no lifting my belly up off of my, my leg. My arms are too short. Like I'm clasped, but I can't get anywhere. Like I'm stuck, you know, because I have really short arms. And then I did a, an in-person teaching once and, um, I, we were in down dog and I, I wanted us to twist. So I, you know, said, uh, take your right hand to your left ankle. And I had this like woman who was probably 5'11 in the class and she like looked at her ankle and looked at me and was like, you're out of your mind. (laughs) And I was like, oh yeah, I guess that makes sense. My legs are much closer than yours. (laughs) Um, And so it's interesting seeing that, that I found is very, very interesting is seeing other people and where something that's so easy for me, like high lunge, I'm just like, that's easy peasy. I've always had really strong legs. I rode horses and played soccer. Like, yeah, no problem. This is a resting pose. And then I see other people shaking and I was like, oh, okay. Like we can hold this and that's fine. And it's not like boring or easy for some people. And, and that means we're pushing through. I, I actually just filmed an interval class yesterday. Um, and I, one of my big things in that class was it's called power through at interval. It's coming on May. But if you don't push through, if you're always doing what's comfortable for you and what's easy for you, you're never going to grow. And I'm not saying like go hurt yourself, obviously, but you need to push to the point where you're shaking a little bit. You need to push to the point where you think you're not going to be able to do that next rep. Like, and I say reps because we have them in my classes, you know, 10 lunge jumps. Maybe you're, you're flagging, you're slowing down. You're not jumping anymore. You're just stepping and that's fine. Keep pushing because that's how you're going to get stronger. And that's how you're going to power through all of your obstacles in life and on the yoga mat. Yeah. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more with you about that. And I always say too, like I do teach, ironically, I do teach 75 minute classes in a studio (laughs) and I'm one of the more power, like I'm a power teacher with those students. And it's, it's funny because like last week I did, um, it's their power classes, right? Like there's a, they're very strong. They're very fitness sort of base, but I always throw like yoga philosophy in there. And I rem- I did one that was like tapas, which is like that internal heat, that discipline. And I always say to never put yourself into the point of pain. Like pain is, is an indicator you need to come out of the pose, but like, it's hard. Like it's, and it's supposed to be hard. You're here because you want to challenge your body. And more than that, I think it's challenging your mind, right? Cause your mind will tend to give up before the body is actually ready. Oh yeah. So like, <laughs> Even if you're like, hey, this is the last breath I can hold it for, do just one more. And then if if after that you tap out, you're done, that's fine. But maybe the next time you do this post, see if you can just like hold it a little bit longer. Like it's it's incredible. I think what even a strong fitness-based yoga practice for me has actually translated into my mind and into mm. it, pushing myself out of my comfort zone and just like, yeah, it's my practice was like a, when I first came to yoga, I did a 20 minute quote unquote power flow and it literally kicked my ass and I could not do the whole flow. And it was, I committed to doing that class over and over and over again until it became like just easy for me. And it's amazing to see if you stick with a class or a flow that you find challenging, you know, it might take a week, it might take a month, it might take three months, but you will see like, oh, wow, like I am getting through this flow easier and it's more, it's more fluid and my mindset is a little bit better with it, right? Like I'm like, I can hold it a little bit longer. So 
uh, I, I'm curious before we send everybody your way and do something what I call like the bonus round. <laughs> is there any other like mindset shifts or tips or tricks you want to leave with someone for maybe getting them to start their yoga class, whether it's an excuse you want to just like call out or sorry, not yoga class, but like their yoga, their quote unquote yoga journey. We covered a lot here. So I know I realize I'm putting you on the spot there, but it's, it's fun to like call out people's excuses and then they're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what things like I hear very often because I don't think they come up in my mind as much anymore, but I I watch people around me with all sorts of reasons for not doing it. I would say like, or maybe any sort of other change you've noticed in your body or mind or life since starting your journey, like not even from like a physical base, like, are you sleeping better? For example, uh, yes, but only because I, I actually, like I said, I was not, I was, I had no awareness whatsoever, <laughs> like none at all. And now I'm, I'm very conscious. Like my stomach issues, I think come from, from sleep and stress. So I, I make okay. a very conscious effort to get that eight hours and like that matters. And, and people, and for me it does, and, you know, some people can do six, some people do seven, some people do 10. I sleep like nine hours if nobody bothers me, but I don't sleep, I don't sleep well, according to my Fitbit. I, I don't sleep deeply. Okay. I have a lot of light sleep and not a lot of like restorative sleep. So I'm sure that doesn't help. And I'm working on how to fix that. But as far as, as far as the fitness and the yoga, because again, I, I do think that I want people to know it's not yoga philosophy is important. And I have learned a lot and I, I would like to sneak it in, in certain ways, but I don't want that to alienate certain people who like myself would probably not have gotten into it via like a normal or like via a more spiritual kind of class. I did it because I was bored in regular yoga. I had done yoga a couple of times and I was bored out of my freaking mind and I wanted to sweat and I wanted to struggle and I wanted to move quickly because I hate holding anything still. I also don't repeat classes. Like I maybe we'll go back. I have a couple favorite classes that I have gone back to over the year, but I would, I don't do the same class more than once in a like, right? Like I'm constantly changing. So that's why I think it's important. The online yoga space is really important for people or can be for those people who like myself, don't want that 75 minute class who don't want to leave the house, who want something a little bit more powerful in a compact amount of time who like one of the things that I thought was very clear, but wasn't when I found, I talked to a friend of mine who was doing, I have a couple like 30 day programs on my channel. You can pause the video. Like that was mind blowing for me when I found out people didn't know that you could do that or like didn't think about it. So if I'm doing 10 burpees, for example, cause we have burpees in some of my classes, if I'm doing 10 burpees, and you've done three and you're tired, you can pause the video, go get a glass of water, come back, walk around, catch your breath, then do three more and then pause the video. And then do, you know what I mean? Like you can do it at your own pace. You don't have to keep up with anybody. You don't have to, you're not, nobody's looking at you. Nobody's judging you. This is huge for me because I'm competitive. And if I go into a yoga studio, I was in one the other day, I was in core power actually. And there were people who were, brand new or maybe not brand new, but like definitely like with, you know, modifying in certain ways, throwing a knee down for support, like excellent, great, great modifications. And then there was this one guy in the back who was doing the like most extreme version of everything. And I was just like, and I thought I was strong. And part of me wanted to be like, yeah, I can do that too. And the other part of me was like, I'm not feeling it today. And I, four years ago, I would have hurt myself trying to compete with that guy because I am that person. Whereas at home, I'm not. I'm like, okay, this is what I can do today. And if I need to take a break, I take a break. I take a pause. Dogs are barking. I'm going to go let the cat out. Whatever. I can do that. And that's, I think, a very important thing to realize about that at-home practice. Yes, you don't have maybe the yoga teacher to talk to after class about a question or whatever, but you can always reach out to them. Most yoga instructors online are there dying for you to say something about their class. I am. I'm like... I got a thumbs up. Like, 
but can somebody tell me, you know, did you understand what I was saying? <laughs> like, I, I get my roommates. I'm just like, okay, so how'd you like it? Like, was there a question? Did you have anything? Because I'm like, I need to learn how to better help the people who are not communicating to me. Yes. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Amazing. So before we send everybody your way, cause I want everybody to go check out your channel we have what I have called a bonus round. I called it a speed round for a little while, but it wasn't fast because I kept taking people out on tangents. So (laughs) we're calling it a bonus round now. Okay. (laughs) Are you ready? I'm ready. Mm. What is a podcast book or resource that has brought you value and you would recommend to our audience? Oh, uh, Eastern Body, Western Mind by Anna Dea Judith. Ah, yes. Such a good one. It was, I finished it and wanted to immediately reread it. I'm oh. like, I need to know everything. Yeah. There's a couple of books that I'm like, I like, that's my life. I've read them so many times. And every time I read them, see, here's my tangent, <laughs> not a speed bump. Every time I read them, I always pick up something new. And I think, you know, it, it comes to you whenever you need it. Like, I do believe that. So thank you for that recommendation. Can I recommend one more really quickly? Yeah. The Tantra of the Yoga Sutras. Okay. It's by Alan Finger. I read it in my last teacher training. And um, I think it's something, it resonated with me a lot because it basically, I'll just make it very short. It's the Yoga Sutras, but it's the Yoga Sutras through a, tan, a tantric lens. Okay. Which is, uh, there's the misconception via this philosophy. There's a the misconception that yoga and meditation is all about connecting to enlightenment and your body's not important and you need to forget about it and you need to just be up in your head all the time or connected to the universe and this philosophy this lens is like yeah great okay go up there and connect to universe and then how can you bring that back down into the body because you have to pay rent and take care of your family and live this human life you're here to live this human life so it's basically just looking at uh, the yogic philosophy of pa- um, Patanjali Sutras. Um, He's a fun name, eh? Don't worry, I can't say it either. Yeah. Patanjali, there we go. There you go. You see, Patanjali. real fast, yeah. confidence, and people be like, okay, that sounds fine. Yeah. It's true. I'm sorry, I butchered that. But yeah, no, it's, it's so I just wanted to throw that out there for people who might be scared or uh, intimidated by the idea that we need to sit in meditation for the next 20 years. But like, we're here to live this human life. We need to do that. Yeah. Perfect. Who is your favorite person or influencer to look up to for inspiration? What kind of inspiration? Just to keep, you know, maybe like positive and just to keep going after your dreams. Mm, I have a couple in my head right now, but I'm probably going to have to say, I'd have to say you or Brett Larkin. Aww. Um, I can't believe you put me on the same pedestal of Brett Larkin. I love her. <laughs> um, it's actually, I, I was thinking about it and it's, I think because, so Brett is like really high up there. Like mm-hmm. Brett is like, I've already successfully done all the things. Um, and she has, it's, it's something that I've struggled with even just speaking to her because I think that she started like light years ahead of where I am starting in the sense that she already had businesses that she bought and sold. She, um, you know, I think she was like fairly successful and she, I think she was really successful in her corporate job in San Francisco. Like she was, she didn't start, she wasn't, she wasn't starting, I think in, you know, a roommate situation, barely getting by. So when she talks about like, okay, yeah, just make that jump. Maybe, you know, maybe your starting is a hundred thousand dollars a year. Like that's your starting goal. And I'm like, (laughs) my starting goal is like, I, this is the first year in my life. I'm going to be completely honest with you in the United States. This is the first year in my life that I've gone above 20,000. I've made above $20,000. Yeah. So when people are like, Oh, I'm struggling with 45,000. I'm just like, <clears throat> so when she tells me, yeah, like take leaps. I'm like, yeah, I would totally take leaps. Except that's like a lot of credit card debt for me to do that. And it's scary. And I'm already taking leaps, taking these trainings. Right. So it's, we're just at a completely different level and she's already where I would like to be, but she's like light years and light years and light years ahead of me. Step in you. You are on that path to her, but you're in a vicinity that I can like look at and be like, that's tangible. Like you're 
still ahead of me, which is great, but you're not like to at a point where I can't even like look at you and be like, I have no idea what's happening. Like I can look at your steps and be like, I can take those steps. Like that's something I can do. That's something I can put into practice. So you're, you are my next goal. Like where you're at right now is my next goal and you make it look possible. And you know what I mean? Does that, does that make sense? Like, yeah. Like besides the fact that like you're making me cry over here. (laughs) It's, it's it's so nice when people recognize like the the work you put in like you said it's it's so easy to look at some of these influencers online and some of them like they have a story and whether it was just great timing that they got into certain industries or whatever reason like I can appreciate what some of them have been through but it's also so nice to see like somebody who you're like I resonate with you and I know that it's not an always easy path. And like, I'm always the first to say like, it's not a lot of this hasn't been easy, but I think like you, when you're like yoga, this has changed my life and I need to offer it to other people. It keeps you going, but it doesn't mean that there's not difficulties and to see people navigate those and go, okay, like it's, I'm having a bad day, but it's, it's doable. I can do it. This is tangible. I can see this person has gone through it as well. So Actually, you talked about a mindset shift earlier, and I just remembered one that I've had recently was people asking, you know, like, oh, you're a yoga instructor? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh, where do you teach? And I'm like, YouTube. And they're like, oh, YouTube pays? And I'm like, no, no. I have another job for that, yeah. you know? But like that, I had to mindset, mindset shift into how come it has to be a paying thing that I identify with? Like I do obviously want to be paid for teaching yoga. I'm trying to develop those things, you know, as we speak, but right now I'm not there, but I still identify as a yoga instructor Mm -hmm. and that's who I want to be known as. And that's what I want to bring to the world. And so that was a shift that I recently had of like, how come I have to justify whether or not I get paid for this to be my, an identity of mine? Yeah. It's amazing too how like, that's always the first thought people go to is like, how much money do you make? And it's like, like, I, I, I agree that there's a lot, like, we need to be more open as a society with money drama and money stories and all of that. But I also don't think it makes or breaks you as a yoga teacher, especially, like, like you said, that is where I would like to, I would love to be able to be like yoga girl and just okay. be on a beach somewhere and be paid to do it. But there are there are avenues and there's different things you have to put into place in order to have that. So that's an, that's an incredible mindset shift. And I think that's a very powerful one. What are you grateful for today? To what are you grateful for today? There we go. I am grateful. I'm always grateful. It's, it's funny because the first thing that always comes to mind are my animals <laughs> because they're just so they're both from Korea. I picked them both up in Korea um, they traveled the world with me and they are both so drastically different. I have a cat and a dog. Uh, the other two dogs are my roommate's dogs. Yeah. Honey, my dog is just like the sweetest, most darlingest thing. And she hates, she only likes to cuddle when she wants to cuddle. So like when I'm sad, she's not the dog to go to because she's like, get off of me. <laughs> but my cat hates everybody but me. And she sleeps with me every night. She has to be near me. She's both of them are in a lot of my videos, but she's like my little ride or die. And so I am always grateful. I know it's, you know, you're, you're, there are people and things that you're supposed to say here, but like <laughs> mine, they, my dog makes these faces and I'm just like, God, I can't, you know, I was having a crappy day, but um, look at your smile. Like, yeah. you know, I know, I know. Don't worry. People like people who have kids tend to say kids, people who have pets say their pets. So yeah, no, it's, it, that's, that's amazing. And yeah, I do see your, your little, little critters pop up in your videos too. I'm curious about this one. What is your spirit animal? Mm, My spirit animal. Oh, I don't even, I don't even know. I've never taken like, I've never had anybody tell me what it was. Hold on. Let me like, what do you identify with? I've always, okay, so when I was a little kid, I always pretended to be animals. Apparently, that's not normal. My coworkers have informed me that running around in all fours pretending that you're an animal is not a normal thing for a child to do, but I, I 
I didn't know. And uh, my two were always a horse. Okay. Or um, like a big cat. Oh, I like feel- I always wanted to be like a, like a, like a cheetah or a, like a snow leopard, except I hate the snow. Um, <laughs> you know, <Sun> leopard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you, mm, I feel like both would be you, but I'm leaning a little bit more towards a horse for you. Yeah. But I feel like, like you could be both. Yeah. We'll have to look into that after this. Yes. <laughs> My final question is what is your favorite form of self-care to practice? My favorite form of self-care is absolutely hitting, oh, no, no, mm-hmm. It's a tie. It's a tie between uh, hitting my interval yoga classes and, like, really getting, you know, that, like, that feeling at the end when you're, like, wrung out and you're tired and you're sweaty and you're just like, ah, oh, life's great. Um, yeah. But like, because you, you know, cursed at the screen a few times and hated everything for like a good 10 minutes. The other one is I really, really love, so I don't create the recipes, but I really love making like vegan, healthy desserts. Ooh. So like, not just like substituting for like tons of sugar and just substituting the egg for flax eggs or something, but like really going and like making black bean brownies, for example, or, um, I have a lot of almond flour right now my mom gave me. So I've been making like, okay, so hold on. Let me backtrack. I'm what they call vegan because I I eat honey. Okay. (laughs) But backtracking, sorry, I backtracked already. So I make like honey, honey, peanut butter, chocolate chip, almond cookies, or like vegan cashew cheesecakes. I did for a long time, no, no bake stuff. Like, so I just love when I have the time creating these recipes uh, or not creating, like finding recipes. Sometimes I like add things or mix a couple, but like finding recipes online and then having people eat them because my my love language is food. So I'm, I'm constantly trying to, I think, impress the people that I care about by feeding them things that they enjoy. Perfect. <laughs> <healthy> for them. <laughs> I love all of that. Dylan, this has been such an incredible conversation. If anyone wants to practice with you on YouTube or follow you online, where can everybody go and find you? So um, Yoga Infusion is my business name, as in like, it's a mix, right? So like an infusion of yoga, like an herbal infusion daily, right? But also yoga infusion because it's fusion flows. I, unfortunately, Yoga Infusion is also apparently... Cover, like taken by other people in different places. So my YouTube is youtube.com slash yoga infusion. So that's where you're going to find uh, all of my videos. And there's over 160 of them right now. Um, wow. Yeah, I have a lot. Um, my website is yoga dash infusion.com. <laughs> um, so yoga hyphen infusion.com. And then my Instagram is yoga dot infusion. It's really complicated, but, um, they're all linked on my YouTube as well. Um, and you can also find them all on my website. So it's just a variation of yoga dash yoga dot yoga underscore. We'll find it. I'm sorry. That's okay. (laughs) I will link everything in the show notes. So if anyone's driving or if they're cleaning or doing anything, all the links for you will be in the show notes. Thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, I look forward to everyone checking you out. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you give it a five-star rating and review. It takes two moments of your time and truly does make a difference in growing this community and showing support for the show. Make sure to take a screenshot of this episode, share it out on your stories, tag our guest, tag myself, and hashtag the show, hashtag BYL podcast, share it out on your stories so that we can share it out on ours, and I will make sure to slide into your DMs to say hello. Until next week, everyone, I hope you're staying safe. Namaste.